It's Monday, February 1st, and we have a dog who just made a noise. Shelly Bravo from Coco and Hazel, cakes on top of cakes on top of milkshakes. And Scott, Scott wants to talk about tacos. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia, voted second best podcast in Richmond by the readers of Richmond Magazine. My name is Scott Wise, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby, why are you making that face? Because you're not only joined by me, your friend and co-host, you are joined by two fighting dogs. So now, I, for I've the... been to your house, Roby. You have more than one room. Why, why are they? This is like the 30 minutes I have with you for the week. Like, why are they with you right now? Because they never leave me alone. Well, you know, this interview we have coming up with, with Shelly Bravo, you know, for me, Coco and Hazel was literally just a cakes on cakes on cakes on milkshakes kind of place. But as as I found out, and as our listeners will soon find out, it is oh, so much more than that. Can I ask you a pop quiz question? I love pop quizzes. They're my favorite. I went to a local short pump area restaurant, two entrees and a salad. Now, just one salad? There was only one person eating a salad? That's correct. Two entrees, one salad. What were the entrees? Was there meat? Shrimp. Okay. Both were shrimp. One was a fried shrimp. One was a shrimp and grit. I really like details. Okay, yes. hit it. Um, so granted, we're in. We're living in, obviously, COVID times with fees. How far and- into short pump? Were you like, oh my gosh, all the way in Mannequin that's 7? Point. That's not the point. Yeah, it is. There's like so many questions, but keep going. Yeah. Were you in Mannequin What's, Sabbath? How much did were I you pay? in short pump? In short pump. I'm not in Mannequin Sabbath. I'm in short pump. What did I Were pay? you near the Whole Foods? Crikey's. I'm at the mall. My short pump town center. It's the boathouse. My God. That's not the question. Okay, the you're at the, the mall. question okay, is, cool. how much did I pay? How much did I pay for this meal? Two entrees and a salad. $75. $85. And you want to know why I paid $85? Because you sat outside and they gave you blankets. No, it was all takeout. I didn't even eat there. I brought it home. You paid $85 for a salad and two entrees. That's what and I'm you trying brought to tell you. Home? Okay, but wait. Okay, let's talk about this. So you paid $25 for the shrimp and grit. Yes. You paid, um, this is guessing. I just want you to know this. You paid $15, $16 for the salad. Um, and then there was another shrimp entree where they're like 40 shrimp because that's the only way you could add it. Was the fried shrimp. It was the fried shrimp platter. This oh, is what happened. This is what happened. They and you were an amazing tipper. That's all we can say. They don't. Well, I tip my normal amount, but they put 20% on everything that you ordered automatically. Then they asked for the tip. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm in a place that, it, you know, an extra $20 on a meal, like it's not going to put me in the poorhouse. And I understand that restaurant industry. People are, are in a desperate situation right now. So I'm not like complaining. It was just made me almost laugh that the bill was almost $100. You know, I got two, basically two entrees and that's it. Okay. So you, you got 20% on top of, and then you tipped 25%? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cause I got, you know, I kind of, I kind of uh, panicked a little bit. I kind of panicked when the, when the when, cause I didn't want the zero. I didn't want to, when the tip came up, I didn't want to put zero. I think that that, that lots of people are in your, place. I think that right now it's tough to know what you should and should not. Like, is there a percentage on top of it? Which I'm totally for, Scott. Like, I think that there should be like some sort of service percentage, but I also think it should be disclosed. Yeah. So I mean, when you called to order, then they should have said, no, no, hey. it, was, it was all online. I did it all online. I didn't talk to anyone. And they didn't say that there was no, a 20%? No, they did. I mean, they did. 
Oh, I wasn't sure were, if that was just, the tip or if that was just like a service charge. Yeah, like I, I didn't. I wasn't sure what was going on. Oh, so on. you went into it knowing that you were double tipping, but you didn't know you were double tipping. Sort of. I mean, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'll give you that. But like, so they're automatically going to put twenty percent on everything you order. So you, I ordered right. my dish. It's my dish plus twenty percent. My my mom ordered her dish. It was her dish plus twenty percent. The salad was. Was your salad. mom the shrimp and grits or the fried shrimp? It was the fried shrimp. Cause she's baller. I guess so. But then after all this. The, the window pops up. How much do you want to tip? And I feel guilty putting zero. Of course you do. And so I did my normal, my normal tip. So your hair ate the salad. Sure. Your hair do. Let's move along. <laughs> I want to talk about another food experience I had recently. Okay. Tacos. Do you have a, a, do you have a go-to taco place in town? I got a couple of them. I like the big child, which is out there like a Staples Mill area. Um, I like the Bacata, which is near you has pretty good ones. Um, yeah, those jalapenos, pretty nice. Yeah, I have pretty yeah. But I, I like I, a cheap taco. I don't do I don't mess with that like like I'll eat a lime crema, don't get me wrong, but like if I'm going into a taco, I want it to be double corn, tortillas, I want like beef cheek. I'm in. I finally got to hit the TBT pop-up, Ooh, Mexican the- taco pop-up place. This one was at he's doing it all over town, mostly breweries. I think he goes to table and he goes to um Star Hill, and he goes to. Is that I, what you I, did it at Star I did it at Vossen. Oh, yeah. It was like the perfect chill Sunday tacos, beer. Like it wasn't super cold. It wasn't this past weekend. So it wasn't super cold. And hope, I, I, from what I read, he's opening up a brick and mortar in the fan. 100% recommend trying his food. Hopefully we can get him so on the podcast. So what did you get? Just a Free taco? Tacos, or a like what, was in, what was on your taco? Okay. It's, like, it was, it's very, I mean, it's plain, but it's flavorful. Chopped onions. I think it was cilantro. some cilantro. Yeah. And then the meat and whatever sauce he's using. But uh, totally recommend it. Anyone out there, he's got a good, he puts up his schedules on Instagram, I think weekly. And definitely check him out. TBT. A couple other things. Did you know that the uh, Bonuts guy has finally found a permanent swap? Tell me where it is. Petersburg. Oh. You have to drive all the way to Petersburg to get a half- Biscuit, half donut, half croissant. That's exciting. You know, is it Old Town? That's a third, a third, a third. somewhere else? Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, um, very near like, you know, where Trapezium is. Like it's right there um, in that area. I think that's pretty cool. And then you heard that Cobra Burger has a, it's my favorite burger, by the way. And um, and then to the entirety of Richmond. And they're going to go in the old Dutch and Company spot. Uh, two more concepts are headed into the uh, Instable. Mike Ledesma is going to pop up a few more. He's got a Caribbean concept and your favorite, according to this podcast, tacos. Nice, 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 nice. I love it. So, but I want to talk about something different right now, because I think that we need to talk about cakes on cakes on milkshakes. So, Scott, I have a question for you. I am ready to answer it. So, have you seen those, okay, so it's a milkshake with a cake, and then a cake, and then a cake, and then a cake, and then another milkshake? Have you seen those? Not only have I seen them, I have had more than one in my, in my lifetime. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me at all. I actually, this is going to just absolutely floor you, I have never had one, but I have been to our guest. This week, Shelly Bravo's place, Coco and Hazel, which is 
I don't know, walking distance from my house. Hi, Shelly. Hi. So wait, Roba, you said you've been there, but you did not have a milkshake? Oh yeah, I've been there because because they have um a chicken sandwich. <laughs> well, a chicken biscuit. Oh my God, you're so boring. <laughs> Shelly, I'm kind of upset with you and I'll tell you why. Mm. I've spent the better part of my adult life trying to get in shape unsuccessfully. And I think I blame you for the last uh, 12 months of my unsuccessful journey. Help. <laughs> so what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> you had a good time, right? Oh, darn it. You're I right. So. Life Let's is short. Too short. Too short. As Ruby mentioned, your y'all's creations, your milkshake creations are just so incredible. I mean, they're so beautiful, almost, almost, uh, I feel bad consuming them. So no, you sh- don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Tell our viewers or listeners who have never seen your creations, what exactly it is you do and then why it is you do it. <laughs> so we are a specialty milkshake shop. And we also have a full coffee bar, espresso bar, and we also do breakfast and breakfast pastries. What is, I guess, a little bit unique about us is that everything is made from scratch in the morning by our baker. So all of the toppings like the cake, the pies, the cookies, everything that goes on top of the shake is actually made from scratch daily. And we do breakfast pastries. So everything that morning, like breakfast biscuits, as Roby mentioned, we do every, we make them every morning. Um, So it's just kind of a unique little nod to, I used to be uh, a baker prior to being a full-time real estate agent. So it was something that I had just learned throughout my time. And I wanted to incorporate that in the business and kind of make it a unique experience where people were getting a really awesome milkshake. Like right now we have, uh, we've switched from Hempstead Creamery to Tillamook ice cream. So I trying to provide the best option, the best ingredients, the highest quality that we can all piled in a 24 ounce beer mug. Okay. So maybe I do need to have one of these. (laughs) I got questions. I got so many questions. Why 24 ounces? The glass looked the best. Oh, well, that makes sense. Be honest. So let's take that question a little bit further. How much of the look, like the cake on top of the milkshake, is part of selling what you guys make that's delicious, obviously? Like, is the look a big deal for what you all do? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, But that was the thing that kind of started wanting to do more and wanting to make sure that everything was made from scratch because it had to be equal parts. It couldn't just be pretty. And then you were like, meh, that was okay to eat. You know, it had to be something that the customer walked away and they were like, man, not only was that impressive and fun and exciting to do, but I also feel like I can take whatever was on the top and be it cake or pie. I can take this home, eat it later. And I still get a made from scratch dessert on top of the fact that I just had a great milkshake. So where did the idea come from? The idea came from the fact that I used to be a baker and I had some stuff that I kind of cultivated and learned on my own. And I had also managed an ice cream shop in my very early twenties. And so I, the two people that manage it for me now are two of my former employees from there turned best friends. So it's run by them. And we kind of, I've sat down with one of them one day um, because the other one didn't come until later and unexpectedly. So I sat down with her one day and I was like, look, this is kind of an idea. I think it would be really fun. It's something different. There's nothing really like close to the city that has it. And I think it would just be something 
everybody responded well to as long as they were getting the best quality that they could. And so she was like, I love it. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm on board. We can try it. And I was like, okay, great. And then we just kind of started after that, a snowball of ideas and brainstorming that just kind of came along and it felt natural. So it felt like it was the right thing to do. It wasn't like a, well, what are we going to do? And how are we going to do this? We were always excited at trying to figure out how to do it. Let's dig into your baking background. Yeah. What did you do? Where did you do it? Okay. So I worked in restaurants for my entire young adult life from the time I was 18. I guess I was 18. Yeah. I just graduated from high school. Are you from, I'm sorry. Are you from Richmond or are you from? Yeah. I'm from, well, my parents are from Hanover and my dad owns a business out there. So I feel like maybe business ownership is kind of running in the family a little bit. Where where Uh, did you work growing up? Um, I worked at my first restaurant job was at kitchen 64 and I've only ever, and as far as the restaurant world goes, I've only ever worked for Johnny. Um, so I worked for several of his restaurants and then just by chance, the baker had quit and they needed somebody else. And I was like, can I try? I'll try. Let me try. I don't have any like formal experience, but I would love to try it. And they were like, okay, that's fine. So I started out like baking for some of their restaurants, like Kitchen 64, uh, Sidewalk, Three Monkeys, Continental. And I also waited tables in the midst of all of that um, for a little while. And then they opened Stella's Market. And then I finally like landed my home base. And I was there for hmm, about two years. And then I got into real estate full time. So I kind of took a break from the uh, kitchen world. I love all of those places. Like what would we recognize that you baked from a Johnny Giavos Katrina establishment? <laughs> Cause I know a lot of those desserts pretty intimately. So I think like the, my favorite project that I worked on with them was when they opened Pearly's because they didn't have any of the desserts for like black and whites and, Hamantaschen and Ruggala. And so that was the first time Johnny was like, I don't, we got to figure this out. Like, try it. Let's start trying stuff. And so I would try like baking things and then just take them to him. And he'd be like, well, this is good, but try it with this. And then, so I would do that. And he'd be like, okay, that's good. Now try this. And I was like, okay. So, and then all of a sudden, like, that's how, that's how I learned how to bake. And that, and from a lot from Stella, Stella's an angel walking on earth. (laughs) So from Kitchen 64 to Stella's Market to In the West End with cakes on top of ice cream, what is your best seller? Like what what goes? Hmm, I'm trying to, either the blackout, the one with brownies on top of it, that sells really well. The cake shake, um, it's like confetti cake and it has a birthday cake milkshake. That does really, really well. And- Sweating over here, by the way. I would say those are our two most popular, but then we try to incorporate specials. Like my mother-in-law is from Mexico. So right now we have one with Trace Leches on it that she taught me how to make. So there's definitely like that element of like family recipe in there too. Now, Roby, you mentioned that before that, that these desserts are, are humongous. I mean, they're, they're bigger than my head. Shelly, when you're in the restaurant and someone orders something that you know is going to be way too much for their family of four or their family of three, like, do you give them a warning or do you just kind of let them make those mistakes on their own? No, we Heck don't no. Like- she upsells, adds another <laughs> cake to it. Are you kidding? No, we She's like, that's not no. enough. No, we do not let just people walk in and fumble. You know, if we start to feel like, you know, they're letting two four-year-olds order their own, we're like, just say no, this is the size of them. And, you know, they can definitely be shared. And then if they choose to then 
you know, get to, then more power to them. But we definitely give people a heads up. I like to, uh, I like to have people feel prepared or feel like they were given a very honest answer versus being like, well, they could have told me this was so big. We kind of would try to give them a little bit of a rundown as to like, hey, this is what's going on and this is who we are and this is what we have. So that, you know, they're not like, oh my goodness, what is $14 for a milkshake? And you're like, well, it comes with all these other things and it's definitely designed to be shared. It's a meal basically. Yeah. You're not just get, you know, you're not just getting a regular classic. You can, uh, we absolutely have classic milkshakes that you can get um, and not have anything on it. And that's totally fine. But we also have the option for these specialty milkshakes that we have. And we do try to incorporate as many specials as we can when we can. I'll tell you the first one that we got, I, I have two children. And the first thing that we tried was the cotton candy with the two huge lollipops coming out the side. Yeah. This was, I mean, <laughs> the which candy way? land. Candyland. Thank you. It's, I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's, it's hilarious. And the look on the kid's face and my face, to be quite honest, when it comes out, being a baker and being someone that works in the restaurant industry kind of behind the scenes, maybe I'm imagining like just seeing the joy on the faces of, of those you serve. It's the best. It really is. And you get it from not just, you know, the kids are amazing. I have two little kids as well. So it's the, the kids seeing it's amazing. But when the adults, you know, you have, we just had some girl come in and she was celebrating the fact that she got accepted to a college and she was very excited. And this was her way to get out and celebrate. And it's just like, not only are you so excited to see how happy they are to have something or have some sense of a little bit of normalcy right now, but then you're also like, well, now we know why you're here. That's amazing. You got into college. Like, be so proud of yourself. So it's, you get to know a little bit more of who people are and why they're there. So there's much more. And I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of restaurants that probably are like this, but um, that you feel like you've kind of established a little bit more of a connection than you would any other way. Because typically you get to, when people are there to celebrate something, they want to tell you. And it gives you a little bit more of an insight and you're able to like help them celebrate whatever it is that they're out for. Obviously they're very visual and bringing them out is super, super fun. Now that you kind of had to transition that with COVID, what does that look like from a to-go standpoint? Are you separately packaging them or what did you guys have to do to keep this whole, you know, visual awesomeness on point, but outside of the restaurant? Yeah, that was tricky. Um, and that's <laughs> one thing I tell everybody, uh, you know, with people at, in the beginning, we stayed closed all summer. We never allowed people inside. We only did to goes. And it was hard because, you know, people, how do you make it look fun in a to go cup, you know? And that's a, that's a tricky thing. And I can assure you that I don't know any business owner, restaurant owner that is like, man, I designed this meal to look perfect in a to go box. Like they don't, <laughs> that, you know, it's just like, this is so... Uh, so much unfamiliar territory for a business owner and for a restaurant owner, you know, they want you to have the experience you want to have, you know? So we actually, for the first month that we were open, we closed voluntarily for two weeks during the pandemic. And it was mainly just, or at the beginning of the pandemic, just to figure out how do we put this in a to-go cup? What is it going to look like? Um, let's try to flatten the curve. So we stayed closed the, the two weeks in March. And I can't remember the exact dates. And then we opened up and we did breakfast and coffee to go. So we knew that we could employ a few people, keep things a little bit normal, but not allow anybody inside to keep everyone safe. 
So then that started going well and we had a positive response for people coming out to get coffee and breakfast and that was okay. So then we were like, all right, let's try to figure out how to make these shakes to go, not in a to-go box so that it looks presentable. So then we started putting things on the top of the shake, just like we would for a, you know, a dine-in, except we would set it on the lid. So if people got up and walked away because walking with those things is a little bit of an art form. Like there's, we have to practice when we're doing a special or something, we have to walk to the, uh, well, I usually do it, but we have to walk to the uh, front door and then walk back. And if we can easily, if everybody can easily get there or, you know, it's nothing's falling apart, then it can be a special. But if you walk out and things are not, you know, the way they should be, then we've got to, we've got to go back to the drawing board. So you don't want cake falling or brownies falling everywhere. You see this magic in a person's face and they pick it up and they fall. I'm like, that's not fun for anybody. (laughs) As it hits the ground. It was good. (laughs) That customer didn't get to practice. That's not fair. So we had to kind of figure out like, okay, let's put it on a lid and then see how it goes and have them walk out. And it worked out. And then we would just have people call when they arrived. So then we would place it outside and we went and then we bought picnic tables, put them outside, kind of decorated the space to try to make it look fun and feel like people, it was a little bit normal. So we did outdoor seating. Nobody could come in the building and that worked all summer long. So we stayed with it just to keep the staff safe. Um, again, my two best friends manage it. My brother-in-law's the baker. So it's it's very close-knit community of of a team. And so we were trying to keep everybody safe and felt like that was the best option for, you know, customers and staff. And so it worked. And then as it got colder and we started developing more plans and figuring out different ways that we could keep everybody socially distant and different ways. Cause then again, like people can't just walk up and order something. They've got to still order online now that people can come inside. So there's a lot of planning that goes on to prepare for everything that 2020 and early 2021 has thrown at us. I saw on your website, you have a pretty detailed COVID plan for potential customers. And I'm guessing, I'm assuming that that's because people have showed up pretty confused or showed up thinking that they could do something when they really couldn't do. Yeah. Well, I am just the type of person that I, for myself, if I know the rules, I will follow to a T, you know, but if I don't know the rules and they're not clearly laid out, like you can't expect a customer to just walk in and understand your thoughts, you know? So we try We put it online. There's notes all over the building. We have little QR codes on the table with a list of instructions on the back and we'll, you know, we'll help. We'll talk you through it. We'll guide you through it. But at least if they see it online ahead of time, they feel prepared. Cause I know for myself, if I walk in and I don't feel like I understand what's going on, then I feel bad. You know, I'm like, oh, and I don't want any of our customers to feel like that. So I feel like if they get to know ahead of time and everything's kind of laid out out there, it keeps them safe. It keeps our staff safe. And if they have any questions in the in-between, we're happy to take them. Cakes and milkshakes and all those things aside, because I have to come eat one, obviously. I would like to talk about, I'm just going to get detailed here. I mean, do you put 24 karat gold in the chicken biscuit? Is it, why is it the size of a Frisbee? Um, who makes the, is it, it has to be brined. It's a little spicy. And when I say a little, I mean like it's for alarm. Like who came up with that recipe? 
I honestly have to give all credit to my brother-in-law. He himself has worked in a ton of restaurants around Richmond too. Um, it was my biscuit recipe from years ago. And then one day he was making biscuits. It was like bacon, egg and cheese or something. And he calls me and he's like, Hey, how do you feel if we put chicken in it? And I said, well, how are you going to do that? And he goes, it's fine. Let me handle it. Are you okay with it? And I was like, of course I'm okay. You do, you do whatever you want. Yeah. So he gets to town and he was like, you know, we could add a little bit of uh, like a chipotle aioli, make it a little spicy because the biscuit has a hint of sweetness to it. So it'll balance out really well. And I went in and I tried it and I was like, we need these like every day. And he was like, okay, I can do that. And he's just one of those guys who's like on board for everything you throw at him. He's never says like, he can't do it. He never says he won't try, like he'll do anything. And it's just, he took that definitely to the, to the level it's at and the pickles, I feel like just make it perfect. It's so, I had all like intents and purposes to like order just coffee. I was thinking to myself, I, I'm nearby. I could use a cup of coffee. I'm getting ready to get on a, on an interview call. And I hopped online and I went, I think I might need to have, I didn't even get to your other stuff. I don't even know what else you serve for breakfast. Like, chicken biscuit was like, <laughs> and I got like, my, my cup of coffee was like this big. And which is, I mean, it, it was, you guys have larger sizes and my chicken biscuit was like this big. I mean, I can palm a man, a basketball and holding that thing. was like, yeah, I, see, it was like, you can palm a so basketball. Good. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's back this up. You can palm a basketball. This has nothing to do with the chicken biscuit, Scott, other than it's large. And I got to tell you, it is so good. It is so good. So what else do you have for breakfast? Maybe I you know, should I ask. Think breakfast is the thing that I feel like most people are like, oh, wait, what? They have breakfast too? And it's, um, we vary every day. And it's been one of those things that I feel like breakfast and coffee have grown exponentially for us since we've opened um, because most people and first thing in their mind is, okay, they have milkshakes or they have ice cream. That's where I'm going to go after dinner. But we open really early in the morning and we serve all different types of breakfast. We have honey lavender lattes when we have a horchata. So we have a horchata latte and we make our own horchata. And um, so we have breakfast, we do muffins, we do different pastries, we do croissants. We do bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. We make our own cinnamon rolls from scratch. Oh, we do have a really cool coffee. It's super unique. It's from Oaxaca, Mexico. We're the only place in the United States that carry it. Tell us I'm about sorry. it. I'm <laughs> sorry. Did you just bat signal me? Because that is, <laughs> that is interesting. I have a couple of bat signals. Chicken and coffee. Um, yeah. So my husband's actually from Oaxaca and born and raised. He's only lived in the United, well, only lived in the United States. He's lived in the United States for 11 years because we've been together for 10. And he, we go back and visit his family. His whole family still lives there except for my brother-in-law. And he um, took me to a coffee shop one day and it was amazing. I was like, this is the best latte I've ever had. And I was hot and I was like, I don't know if it's because it's hundred degrees outside that just anything tastes good right now. So then next day I was like, let's go back. I want to try it again. I want to see if it actually is that good. And he was like, okay. So we go back and sure enough, it was that good. And so finally I was like, can we put all of our luggage, all of our clothing into one suitcase? And we have two children. And he was like, I think so. And I was like, we're filling the other one up. And he was like, are you serious? And I was like, we need that coffee at home. It's so good. And he was like, okay. 
So then, you know, throughout the years of going back and forth, we would always pick some up, bring it home, pick some up, you know, and I would make him take me every morning because, you know, there's like, there's no Starbucks there. Um, Actually, I think there was, there was a Starbucks for a little while, but I think they're not there anymore. Finally, when it was time to open, I reached, I like Googled the name of the shop and I was like, okay, Cafe Rahula, let's figure this out. So in this guy, it's like an email for a guy named Kyle. And I was like, okay, I, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to like try to type in Spanish and see if it works out. Cause my Spanish is okay. And I was like, Hey, I live in Virginia and this is what I want to do. And would you, you know, roast it and ship it to us? And he was like, actually like we do handle like the farming and everything. So I would love to uh, partner with you. And ever since, so after that, it was just, it worked out. And we went there in February, right before the pandemic and we, they took us to the farm. So we got to see everything. It was just such a cool experience because you actually see like, okay, this is what it starts out at. This is how they roast it. This is how it comes to our door. And like, and you're supporting a, a very small business and a, a family. So it's just all around a really great company. And the name of the coffee is? Cafe Brujula. Cafe Compass. It means compass in Spanish. So what's the secret? Is it the bean? I don't know. It's the, because it's a specialty coffee and just Oaxaca, the climate, the soil, it, you know, because it's in a valley and it grows on the slopes of these mountains, it is, I don't know how else to describe it. It is so good. I think this was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode in the last season. Do you guys watch <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm? I do not, but I should. No. I <laughs> after Bridgerton ended. I mean, I, I literally I think that they did a whole Bridgerton. episode about Mexican coffee and I'm smoke. Ha- Bringing it back to the U.S. I have to look into that. We brought the first one back. We took Caitlin there um, so that she could train like in, you know, pulling coffee and different techniques that they use and just really get a good idea of the history of the coffee. Because that's another thing I'm really into is like being able to explain where everything comes from and why we have it. Most everything I do is is with a lot of intention um, and a lot of thought behind it. And so... That was one thing I was like, okay, let's go here. So you can see how they do it. You can get to know them. So when you have to reach out to them, you know, okay, I'm calling Frank today and you can talk to him about this, this, and this. And so she went and fell in love with Oaxaca. If you guys have never been, it is my absolute favorite place in the world. It's so beautiful. Best food. You guys could do years worth of podcasts in that. (laughs) So it's such a beautiful place. That all sounds incredible. To be honest, it's funny, Roby, you've only had a breakfast. I've only had the milkshakes. We should just go all day. We should just start in the morning. (laughs) Just live in the breakfast. Perfect for you, Scott. That works perfectly. You just, you just go straight. You could have cake for lunch and brownies for dinner. I love it. It's like a normal day for me, really. Um, <laughs> I got a few business related questions for you, Shelly. Yeah. Um, at what point did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Like it was going to be milkshakes and cake on top. Oh, that's a great question. I would say when I, when I was managing an ice cream shop, I used to make donuts or I would make you know, cookies. And I would find some way to incorporate, not on this, obviously not on the scale that we're on right now. This was like back in 2011 or 2012. And I would find some way to incorporate, like putting a donut on top of like a big Sunday or putting, and I was like, this is so fun. And, but just kind of played around with it. And after that, I was starting to see things on the internet where it was kind of surfacing on a larger scale. And, and I was like, okay, I feel like I can circle back to that, make some tweaks, do some fun things. And then I would say probably about, 
we probably, I would say maybe about a year and a half before we opened, I was like, all right, let's, let's give this all we got. Let's start figuring things out. Let's start finding a space. And that was a whole nother ordeal. So Ooh, tell us about that. <laughs> so yeah, first, tell us about the hardships. No, no, we, people, people, no I people want to know the, the good and the bad. Think, I'm sure we were I, me. I can only speak for myself. I was so frightened in the beginning, because you don't know how anybody is going to receive your business. And that is a business owner. And at least for myself, their worst fear is how is everybody going to receive this? Is this going to be something that people like? So we aired on the side of extreme caution and took on the smallest space in a, in a neighborhood that we loved and a neighborhood that didn't ha- really have any ice cream in it. And we're like, okay, well, this is 1200 square feet. What could go wrong? And then in my head, I'm like, okay, if nobody ever shows up, can I still pay the rent? And like, that's where my mind went. I was like, okay, I could do that. I could do that. And then I, then I started thinking, I was like, how much am I going to have to work to make that happen though? So, and I was like, I'm sure somebody will show up. I'm sure we'll get like a handful of people a day and it'll be fine. And then to my surprise and very much delight, it ended up where within the first two months, I was talking with Caitlin, the uh, manager, who's also one of my best friends. And I was like, I think we outgrew our space. And she was like, you think? And she, and we had the, cause at the end of the baker shift, my brother-in-law shift, he is, there's nowhere else to put anything in that shop. Like we can't put another box of cookies anywhere. We can't put another cake anywhere else. So then we'd go through the summer and that was our first summer. And then we'd sell out of, you know, cake or what have you. And then it, it's hard because you're like, well, it's, it's eight 30. We sold out, but when you don't physically have any more space to put anything. And then we were trying to rotate, you know, getting ice cream because we didn't have that much freezer space. So it, it was one of those things where this, we love that neighborhood and we love like the community and we love, um, you know, our regulars that we have there, but we definitely needed more space. So that was a huge, uh, Ignite for looking in Bonaire. So tell us about that. So you're right now you're on Ridge Road, North Ridge. No, that what it's North called? Ridge North, Road. North yeah, Ridge Road. That's exactly what it is. Uh, in the near West End, West Ham area. Mm-hmm. You're looking at uh, opening up a second space, Southside. Yes, we're going across the river, um, just over to Bonaire. And we leased a 3,600 square foot space. So three times the size of what you have now. Yes, which most people will look at you and say, what were you thinking? <laughs> but we needed kitchen space. And it was, uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a decently emotional person. You know, everything has to feel right to be right and, um, or to make me want to do it because I also have two small kids, you know, so everything has to line up and make sense. And walking into that space was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I fa- you feel like you're walking into the house you want to buy. And you're like, well, I can see myself here. And then that's when your wheels start turning and you're like, we can put this over here and we can do this. And because of this huge parking lot that we now have with this little strip of pavement on the side of it, now we have outdoor seating and it's just like, it starts to snowball. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, because I can think of all these things I'd want to do in the space this quickly, I know that this is something I need to jump on, which was terrifying in the pandemic. It was terrifying, but sure. The name of the of the restaurant, your restaurant, is from just the bean, like cocoa bean, or is it something? No, more? those are actually my daughter's names. Oh, 
So my, I'm an idiot. No, no, no. Now she's the cool mom at school. I am offended. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, my oldest daughter is Marisol Hazel, which she was named Hazel after my grandmother. And so, and my grand, my grandmother was actually really not the greatest baker, but she was the sweetest lady. So I felt like it was just very fitting um, to keep it kind of close in our family in that regard. Um, so she's named after my grandmother, which again is also a nod to her for the shop. And then our youngest is Elena Coco. So it's both their middle names. And, but we call Coco, Coco. She, you know, Elena's like that name she'll use when she gets older, if she chooses. Coco Bravo. Uh, Coco Bravo. That's just, that's who like she a is. a superstar in the making. Jeez. But let me tell you what, for personality too, that kid is, I've never met it. She is Coco met, Bravo. Yeah. Never met a two-year-old with God. so much funk. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a perfect name for a two-year-old Coco Bravo. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Like I, 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 would, I would love that name. <laughs> She's amazing. She's the greatest little, both of my girls are just so special and they love, you know, they love the shop obviously. And they have such a sense of pride because, you know, my daughter now she's six. So she'll start to read. She's starting to read. So now she'll drive by and she's like, wait, we're, we're at the shop. That's my name. And she'll like read things around the shop and she leaves notes for the uh, staff. She'll, you know, like she'll write, I love you. Or she'll write uh, like little things like water the plants or like little notes. So they, you know, a lot of our staff have gotten to know the girls too, which is good because I like to keep things very tight knit. That connection is very important. And Bonaire just felt like such a a great spot. And it, it felt like a home again. It was one of those things. We had looked in a few other neighborhoods after a certain point of trying, you're like, okay, well, this isn't our time or this isn't the right thing. And so you gracefully just take a step back. And then all of a sudden I was just driving to the bank and I drove by handcraft and there's a giant uh, for lease sign in it. I met the landlord and he was so nice to me. And I was like, Oh, well, I can't not work with you. Like how is that going <laughs> to happen? So it, so far, knock on wood, it has been a very lovely, lovely process. So I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but how do you plan on using that three times the space? Is it going to be the same exact thing, just more of it? Or are you going to, are there new ideas start percolating? Definitely new ideas. Um, it'll be a similar, you know, it's going to be the same concept. We're still, you know, it's, it's Cocoa and Hazel number two, and it's going to have, you know, the same offerings that we have at Tuckahoe. Slowly over time, Tuckahoe is going to get a little bit more updates and a little, a few little changes here and there. But I, I love Tuckahoe. Tuckahoe is that fun little quirky ice cream shop, coffee shop. And Bonaire is going to be like, it's mildly sophisticated older sister. So booze? <laughs> TBD. Yes. TBD on the booze. Yeah. Gotcha. I'll keep you posted. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Um, I would, I would love to, it's not, uh, to be honest with you, not on the forefront of my brain currently, but not something that I haven't thought about. I'll tell you that. It is on the forefront of Rosie's brain. It's there. (laughs) Of course. I see it. I see it on the zoom. Right now we are, we were just there with painter's tape masking out like how many booze we could fit where, you know, it's just definitely going to have that art deco feel to it. Kind of the hints of what you get at Takahoe, but probably amplified a lot. Um, and then it's just going to be a lot more space. So it'll be, it's all, it's all very positive. How do you balance the real estate job with hmm. now going to be two 
restaurants. I mean, I, that has to be some serious time. Man- do, do you subscribe to the Pomodoro method? <laughs> I mean, like, how do you do? How do you do your time management? Oh my gosh, I have very poor. I don't say poor time management. I just. I would give whatever needs attention, attention until I just fall asleep, until I have to go to bed. You know, like I'll. I, I agree. I think anybody that says they have great time management is a liar. <laughs> you know, inevitably you're going to get pulled in one direction to do something again, because I have the support system at the shop that I do at the ice cream shop. It allows me to be in real estate full time. And because I have very supportive brokers, then it allows me if I need to jump away for something, they're like, we're here for you. And then my mom is a retired grandma. So she has taken on virtual learning. She has taken on everything. So we only live like four minutes from my mom. And we did that, you know, deliberately. So that has helped a lot. I can't really take a ton of credit because I have amazing, an amazing support system. And so you, it wouldn't just be just me. Like I could never sit here and tell you, well, because I do this, this is why this works. It's because we have amazing people in our lives. If I feel like if I didn't have the people that I trust in the shop running it day in and day out, then I would feel differently about it. But I'm in a position where I can go sit there on my computer with my mask on and I can look through and help clients and then I can jump up and I can take a photo for Instagram. So I, the two kind of fit together. You read my mind in terms of Instagram, because I think that's probably where I first discovered you. Um, Mm -hmm. So you are the one, you're the one that takes the photos. It's a question number one. And question number two, how much do you think that social media, Instagram specifically has driven business for you guys? So I take the photos. We do now have a new manager at the shop who also has some uh, photography experience. So he's been helping me a lot, which is a breath of fresh air because there are days where I walk in and I'm like, what's it going to be today? Um, Cake on milkshake. I know. And then, <laughs> and then like your nails come into it. I feel like our, like I get my nails done and then that's become like a whole trend where people are like, well, where'd you get those done? And so <laughs> again, it's just like a whole nother avenue of getting to interact with people. And I'm such a people person that getting any avenue I can to try to talk to people is just that works for me. So Instagram is, is huge for us and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of planning. Like if I ever wanted to go out of town for a weekend, it does not happen often. I'll tell you that. But if I ever did want to go, it would involve a lot of planning to make sure that that still like ran smoothly. And I would never be able to disconnect because I try to answer as much as I can on Instagram for people. Um, Obviously, sometimes I miss things, but I always feel like I have to check it to be like, does anybody have a question? Is everybody okay? And it's one of those things also, like I'll go through the shop and if anybody's in there, I don't care who it is. I always have to walk up to a customer and be like, are you okay? Do you want anything? Can I help you? And then all of a sudden the the staff will be like, we just checked on them. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me. I'm just very hands-on with people. I enjoy working with people. Um, But Instagram has been huge and I take it very, I take Instagram very, very seriously to me, I feel like we have a, you know, a pretty good following, a, a huge following from anything I ever imagined. And 
I don't take that for granted. So every time that like our numbers go up, it's amazing. But I also feel like, okay, you guys are tuning in and allowing us to be in your lives on a daily basis. Like I have to give you something good. Seeing people tag themselves in the photo or seeing them like tag us in something and being able to share that. Like to me, I, again, it goes back to me loving seeing people getting to enjoy it. Like, it's just one of those things where I can be having a hard day and see that some little kid is there. And it's just, you have no idea the smile that that can do for me. And so I'm trying to think what would be the biggest one that uh, probably, I feel like Bonaire announcing Bonaire was huge. 1200 people liked your announcing Bonaire. I'm and like, I- can I open my phone and look really quickly? <laughs> Oh, I, if you didn't talk about it, I was going to, because it's what came up in my feed is which as well as pretty big. This one is a, yeah. So let's talk about how great, how much people are looking forward to this, because I that know. is obviously an indicator of how great that's going to be. I mean, I love it. Second location of chicken sandwich, chicken biscuits. Is <laughs> so we've been getting so much positive feedback from that, that Honestly, like it was perfect to say something over the holidays because then you got all this positive feedback and then you got to relish in the excitement of other people. And then it kind of after the holidays, you're like, okay, now we have to live up to this. So now like the real work is going on and we're like, okay, every like today we were putting masking tape where everything would go and how many of this can go here. And if we if we put this here, will people feel comfortable putting their creamer over in their coffee right here? And if it's too close to this, and so there's is a lot of thought in that, and it's because again, people are excited and supporting you and trusting you, and and it's you gotta it's a lot of work to show up to that. So you taped out where Scott was going to be, right? Because that's a big deal. Is there's a masking tape space for Scott and his two children? I need plenty of space, mostly for me, all this, all these milkshakes that I'm trying. You can stand in the kitchen with a mask. (laughs) So here's a question. If you were, let's, let's create Scott shake right here on Edith Virginia. If you were creating a Scott shake, that's what we're going to call it. What would it be? It would have Um, to be, yeah, no, it'd have to be like, like a solid, it would have to have, I feel like it it would need like a sweet and savory element, you know? She nailed it. You have to, I am both like, sweet and I am savory. You nailed it. Like maybe, maybe more savory. Pretzel. A soft pretzel. I love a soft pretzel. I love so. I'm, I'm, <laughs> let me tell you what. I if I if I could find a reason to incorporate soft pretzels every day at the shop, I would in a heartbeat. They're one of my favorite things to eat. What about a hummantaschen on top of one? Can you do that for me? Mm, that would stay tuned for Hanukkah next year. Every oh. year, I'm, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, and then something happens, and I'm like, okay, we'll do it next year. <laughs> But maybe for Hanukkah like, next year, there needs to be a scotch shake. With, I, know, or, I can't even say that word. <laughs> we, I'm trying to think because hamantashens technically are not for Hanukkah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> They're for Purim, right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah Which I is to- coming up. I think it's usually like in March. Get on it. Oh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Well, I will come in for a Scott shake whenever that happens, whatever is on top of it, whether it's March or when this airs. You are listening to Eat It Virginia with Scott Wise, Roby Martin, and Shelly Bravo of Coco and Hazel. The first location, soon to be two. I'd like to leave you with this, Scott. Are you ready for it? Are you, are we breaking up? 
Am I, are we breaking up? Yeah, this is the end. Um, no, actually, this is good news. <laughs> so I, I don't know if your, what your favorite thing coming out of this pandemic is, but I can tell you what mine is. Wine delivery. So there's a new wine delivery um, company called Wine Stork. Wine Stork. Okay, I had not heard of that. Are by the guys from River City Roll, which, uh, you know, Rob, he was our first podcast of 2020 he was rob long yeah soon to have a restaurant in the old cafe katura spot thank goodness something good is going to go in there um so we have that which is my new favorite thing so you got barrel thief you got jay emerson you got rich wine and now you have wine stork yeah you call them up and you say i like deep dark rents and they send they deliver all the deep dark rents all right i like it now what do you like that what is your wine of preference cheap <laughs> first available <laughs> Of course it is. Here, <laughs> listening to Edith Virginia with Roby Martin, Scott, and Shelly Bravo. This episode of Edith Virginia. Edith Virginia. <laughs> this episode of Edith Virginia. <laughs> no. Oh God, no.